0: this current regime is so feeble and idiotic and evil that it can't last and we i think it's in its death throes right now it can't keep it can't keep going like it's going ron paul always said you know at some point you just can't have a regime an empire around the world and be, be, you can say you don't want to bring the troops home but they're coming home at some point because you have to I think we're almost past the foreign policy aspect of it although i suspect there could be a skirmish in the next year or two that could be devastating uh, i just think the em- we're in that emperor has no clothes moment enough people realize this once once people are starving in the streets which unfortunately i think could come you know there's no woke people in a long food line
1: what is up everybody my name is kyle Matovic. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on plague day. I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay. Oh, <laughs> All right, Cool. All right, everybody, returning to the show. Everybody's in the uh, like Liberty Twitter sphere's favorite person, uh, Buck huh? Johnson, back with me today. I know that's a, a big title, but I think you carry it pretty well. How you doing, dude?
0: i'm good i thought you were about to introduce dave smith or something but
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs) no dude you know he likes you too so i i don't know who else is uh as universally liked as you and it sounds like i'm already giving you a blowjob first like five minutes that we've been talking (laughs) but no dude you have a a really really good reputation and um I, i think it's completely earned
0: well that's nice thanks um yeah. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm so- flattered. I'm flattered. I'm flat earthed. Thank you.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, well, I guess first things first, um, how is your, you're running for what mayor or city council in your lovely town of Lockhart city council at large here in Lockhart, Texas.
0: Were you about to say, how's it going?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was going to be the uh, next question. Are you as well revered there as you are on uh, Liberty Twitter? we're nah, probably not but we're about to find <laughs> out um it
0: was a slow get off the ground kind of thing um but i've got a lot of help uh, around me so we've got the signs ordered and we're prepared to blanket lockhart with signs for my campaign and a lot of times in, in, in a small town with city council type things that it's not like you're on tv debating people so it is name recognition and i will have firefighter on the sign kind of hoping that that Sparks some people's memories, or or like a good thought of a person. You know, a lot of people, um, they don't say, you know, like they always joke. There's no, there's no song called "F" the firefighters. Um, so, we'll see. Um, there's, there's possibly a meet and greet we're gonna do that uh, the Mises, um, Mayor's pack is gonna probably put on for me, and then um, there's I just got an invite today for a, I think it's a Chamber of Commerce, meet and greet with the public for any candidates interested in doing that. So I believe I'll be at that too. So it should be interesting. That's for sure. I've never done something like this. So we'll see.
1: Nice, nice. Well, uh, it it seems like it's going well for you. And I know that uh, everybody's plugging you and not mentioning it. And um, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, I always share your show whenever uh, it kind of comes around because every single show you do is absolutely fantastic. So I got to imagine that in your uh, lovely little town of Lockhart, um, you probably have a good reputation as well. So, um, what is the town of Lockhart like? Because from what I've heard from everybody else, it seems to be like a really, really nice place. That's kind of untouched by a lot of the stuff that you hear going on around the rest of the country.
0: For the most part. Yeah. It, um, there's a threat of it not being untouched by that. So that's one of the reasons I'm running. Sure. It's really nice. It's really peaceful. It's about 13 000 to 14,000 population. It's poor. I would say for the most part, um, and I live in a, a historic area off just off the square downtown. And I, this isn't a brag; I'm not rich by any means, but right. it doesn't feel particularly poor in this area. It's these 1960s and 50s houses that are kind of, um, for the most part, upkept well, and they're they're kind of neat looking. But there are areas when you get outside of it where it's um, pretty poor. Mm-hmm. And but the people seem, you know, everyone's nice across all demographics, really. Uh, There's a bar that I go to called the old pal here. And it's kind of set up like an old honky tonk. And on Saturday or Sunday afternoons, when I've been there, just drinking with, with locals, it's the kind of place where everyone, what do you do? Where are you from? Oh, do you Mm -hmm. know this guy? And all of a sudden someone buys everyone a round of shots. And there's people where I think, I bet you this lady um, would hate my politics. I don't know that, but you know, you kind of, when you're in our world, you start to think like some of these outsiders will think we're crazy (laughs) or something and but no one ever brings it up, and it's so nice because if it were in Austin where I used to live, that's one of the first things people would mention. Oh, are you going to vote for Beto and, and things like that? So it's uh, it's nice that that stuff's out of this town for the most part. But uh, the name I just mentioned that you do see Beto O'Rourke signs around, and it's those are the people that are really trying to make a statement. You, you know, you don't see many Abbott. That's our governor, uh, for those that don't know, who's running against Beto. You don't see as many of his signs, although I suspect he would win in a local vote here. But it's those outsiders and the progressives that want to make their voice. You know, they got these giant Beto signs, and it's like, we're here, you know, and we're proud. And I don't want to necessarily kick them all out, but I just want to keep some of the progressive. Uh, sledgehammer out of this town because it's ruined austin austin used to be really nice and now it's just a mess and it's really political it's uh full of homeless areas and and hatred and it's just i it's it's awful so i don't want this to become just like a satellite version of austin
1: yeah dude i i could completely empathize with that because it does seem like a lot of uh cities do tend to creep out to the uh areas that surround them um, I like that you brought up drinking in a bar with uh, other human beings because mm-hmm. uh, if you go on liberty twitter, um it doesn't always seem that way, specifically some of the spats I was having today. but uh, mm-hmm. you know I've definitely had that experience as well where um i've been playing music somewhere i've been drinking at a bar and i've had that same thought like this person would probably hate my fucking guts had they known mm-hmm. what i believe or i'll be walking my dogs in the morning and then i'll pass by a house with a sign that says fetterman for those who don't oh, know i know who he <laughs> yeah. is now, he's yeah, famous but, now right the democratic set or the guy who's running for democratic senator and lieutenant governor here in pennsylvania um I walk past those signs, and I mean, I've even like seen those people outside and, like wave hi to them. They'll wave back. But um, there is something nice about just going to a bar and just being able to, you know, buy a round of shots for people, drink yes. next to somebody that you never met before. Just that feeling of being apolitical again. Um, it's so I was, nice. Yes, yes. So I was kind of throwing it out there on Twitter because I saw somebody who I'm sure everybody's probably sick of seeing by now. In fact, I actually muted him, and I, I just. Sometimes you see this is, you know, this tweet is from an account you muted and you can't help but look at what it is. And mm-hmm. that, that was my sin this morning. And that's kind of what sent off the cascade. So um, yeah, I basically somewhat everybody accused me of boot looking, but I just said, if you're going to artificially cap your message to people who don't absolutely hate the police and think all the police are bad people, then that seems like a pretty stupid restriction to me because you're forgetting that these people went to public schools and not only that most people aren't libertarians like us right so how are you going to get them over here and for some reason saying that is just like heresy to these people
0: yeah it's that's one of my pet peeves with with libertarians is the acab as i call it and it, it, because it, yes. it's really a theme in common with the left because they they have the same thing <laughs> right. and yes we can break it down on an intellectual academic level and yes we can get to I don't support a police department i support this version instead mm-hmm. but when we don't have that version instead just to come out and say mm-hmm. oh all cops are bad mm-hmm. is just i mean you're not winning anything like that and really the point shouldn't even be to win an argument or a debate but it's to kind of sway people towards what you think is best and, and doing it with uh what is it uh you attract more flies with with uh with honey than mm-hmm. vinegar so just to sit it's it's a real it invites no real discussion too Mm -hmm. it's like saying i'm either an anarchist and if there's any government i'll just live by myself in the woods Mm -hmm. it's like well conversation over so that doesn't there's you're gonna find no common ground like that and we can understand it's kind of like the military i i really um have to temper myself sometimes when i talk to people uh in, in regards to the military, because I know a lot of people that were in the military, they're not like tyrants. It's the people <laughs> that run run the show at the top that are really bad, especially right now, that are really bad. And I would sway a young man away from trying to join the military, certainly right now, and I would give him reasons why I feel that it's not good. But just to say, like, you're a bloodthirsty tyrant if you join the military, it doesn't get anywhere, and it's not going to help any any cause in the long term. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And that's kind of what I've tried to portray to these people is like, okay, well, if you have a liberty minded police union or, you know, police department in your town, wouldn't that be preferable to one that completely isn't like um, the the story that I always bring up is Ian Smith in New Jersey, who, um, when he defied lockdowns, the cop came and said, all right, you guys are all in violation of federal lockdown orders or whatever the hell it was. He said, but with that, you guys have a nice day and walked away. Yeah. So, right. like, you're going to say that dude's a bad person just because he's a cop? Like, go fuck yourself. Are you serious? What's going on, guys? Um, we're going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about these show sponsors and the way that you can support me and this podcast. Um, I'm sponsored by Axe and Sledge. We won't really focus in here. But uh, right here in my hand, I have their um, The Grind, which is essential amino acids and hydration. Um, feel free to check it out. Um, This is Your Mom's Sweet Peach. They have some awesome flavors and awesome names. They also have multivitamins, fat burners, creatine, beta beta alanine, um, all sorts of different supplements to help you get all jacked and tan and help you become a... person more full of uh, liberty and health as this show is about. So um, if you want to support me and support this podcast, then feel free to go to axonsledge.com and check out um, all their great supplements there and use code Matovic 10 That's matovcik C I K one zero at checkout for a little discount and to let them know I sent you their way. All right, everybody. Thanks. Now back on to the show.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's, it's silly. Now, on the other hand, I, you know, I'm a firefighter. I've been that for 24 years. Mm-hmm. And initially, when I had this quick instinct, maybe I should be a cop too. I did think, even back then, I guess I was. Let's, see, yeah, I guess I was a libertarian for the most part. And I thought, mm, there's too many laws that I could not. I'm not comfortable enforcing. Mm-hmm. So I get the libertarian aspect um, when you when you when you see it through those through that lens. I wouldn't personally be a cop, but I'm not going to blanket every cop in america and say well they're all they're all you know status assholes or something like that and when you start using terms like bootlicker and statist mm, usually for me i check out of that conversation
1: Mm -hmm. yeah well uh let me see if i can find this tweet real quick and i don't want to just specifically dwell on this for too long but uh it 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 attracted definitely a lot of uh flies if that's what you call (laughs) them um somebody had literally tweeted me (laughs) I can't believe that I even am reading this right now or that I that they would actually say this and not think anything of it. But this guy said, if you can't drive impaired, that's a you problem. Been smoking and drinking while driving for many years without issue. If I ever hurt someone, then hold me to account and I will face punishment as a man. Cool, your community still gives credence to victimless crimes. I, where do you go with that? Like, I wouldn't go how? anywhere
0: with it. I would, I would ignore it. <laughs> Like, because well, there's no point that guy's not going to be engaged in a meaningful nuanced conversation in my opinion,
1: yeah, like and then there was somebody else that came, and they they cited a lou rock Rockwell um yeah,
0: I'm, article I already know where about he's Lee, about drinking and driving, yeah, see, I didn't I'll, even see that. I know where he's going. that's in Lou's book, uh against the state, I believe that's yeah what, that's yeah
1: it's like, okay, well you're not going to lead with that like do you think a libertarian presidential nominee should go up on stage and said all right first order of business we're legalizing drunk driving. Right. Like, yeah what the fuck is wrong what's with next you? age of consent laws please <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, you know funny enough i actually did say somebody uh tweeted me and said this just seems like a bad argument or like just like a bad hill to die on i said yeah it's about as dog shit as transitioning yeah. children yeah that's uh <laughs>
0: Yeah, not one I would die on, not one I would even really particularly engage someone with because, again, if we're talking about more liberty and you want to do it at a local level, you're going to have police, sheriffs, some type of law enforcement. Even if it was private, right? it's still law enforcement. Uh, in a Hapa covenant community, you still have to have some way to enforce the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd rather those people be liberty-minded if that's if that's a possibility. And if they're not, if they're working on the side of the regime – then, yeah, I would not support those people. Um, I wouldn't call myself or someone that did a bootlicker just because I'm so tired of hearing things like that. Mm-hmm. But, but there's there's nuance to be had here. Police organizations exist if as long as they do until they're all privatized. Let's try to get uh good people in those positions.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree, and it, it's just. It's so silly to me about how people will scream from their basements about how all cops are bastards. Like, okay, well, once again, where where do we go from here? And what do you want to do to make the situation better? Mm -hmm. Um, You can quote tweet people and say this all day, but I really honestly don't believe just saying that convinces many people of anything at all. I I, I feel like it's just such a Mm non-starter. It's like a woman Um,
0: yelling out my body, my choice. Like (laughs) you're you're not, it just sounds like a bumper sticker that's, that's said by stupid people.
1: Yeah, honestly. Um, so we kind of did bring or touch on the uh, transitioning children, which I know is a bad transition. Hmm. No, nice, you know, nicely, no done. nicely done. <laughs> um, you've been digging into a lot of the elite theory and uh, globalist stuff. Mm. Um, and not that I'm particularly well versed on it. I've dipped my toe in it, but it's like, man, that is just a... A hole that goes down to the center of the earth. <laughs> yeah, so that's um, where a lot of we're gonna be. Yeah, for real. Um, I, I guess what kind of piqued your interest in that and kind of moving away from the federal and um you know, kind of politics stuff?
0: Part of it's something that I had been into a long time ago. Alex Jones, when I lived in Austin, was when I moved to Austin in ninety eight. Alex Jones was just becoming pretty well-known, and then later was on the FM radio station that I'd listen to. You have to keep in mind this is way before satellite radio, podcasting, even uh, uh, MP3 players and all of that. So I'd listen to FM talk radio, and the whole station was conspiracy-based. And so that's part of my entry into the ideas that are political and uh, philosophical and even religious to an extent. That's kind of how I, uh, what do they say, cut my teeth there. Mm. And so I've always had a bit of an interest in it. And, you know, you go through ebbs and flows of what's fascinating to you in the moment. And I, sometimes I've noticed, I don't know that this is even conscious, but my show will go a month or two on similar things and then kind of get out of it and go back into something else for a month or two. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I think I've just been more interested in that. And then pulling back out of just the strictly um, government-related legal system versus state versus local, um, et cetera, federal, the geopolitical agenda. And when you start to realize, even if you talk about federal government versus state government and why things have swayed the direction they've swayed, a lot of the times the same names keep coming up that are Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. And then it's interesting, like, well, who's behind that? And then when you think of this as a spiritual battle and you get the religious aspect of it, and then you can go even further and further. And so my world's just been inundated with kind of research on the religious, the spiritual aspect of some of this, the geopolitical aspect, the groups, the elite groups that are in power. You you don't know all of them. We can't know all of them. You know, the ones we know, um, that's, that's almost like the storefront version of it. We don't know who's behind the scenes, uh, making the, Uh, the donuts, as they would say, but so that type of research just is fascinating to me and I like it. And I, I think there's an instinct within myself to want to go towards the root of the problem. And that's just part of getting there. That's part of that journey.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's definitely kind of started to pique my interest and because it, it almost seems like this is kind of like the, the bigger picture that nobody's really talking about um and you kind of do have to wonder where a lot of these threads kind of end so when you start pulling on the uh, transhumanist stuff which has kind of been what i've been looking into a little bit yeah. more um i don't know if you ever watch like any of the pantera home videos or dime vision this sounds completely irrelevant but um in dime vision which i think was put out in like 2008 or something like that there's a video of Dimebag bag daryl holding the camera. Um, and he's talking in his mirror recording this, he like just got out of the shower and he was talking about, okay, well, what makes you cringe? Some people, when they listen to music, they'll hear that slide of the strings and it just, you know, bugs them. But then to another person that may sound like the most serene Mm -hmm. saxophone in the moonlight, which this all sounds like completely irrelevant, but to me, and I've been talking to people a lot about this and it keeps coming up. um, It reminds me of what makes us, us, right? What makes each individual unique? So like Dimebag Daryl has a specific style on guitar. I have a specific style. Um, You, when you play drums, have a specific style. Even the way you podcast is unique to you. When you take that away, which is essentially what they're trying to do with this transhumanist agenda, is they're trying to take away what makes all of us individual. And really a lot of this was inspired from um, our mutual friend, Tommy Sammons. He uh, put out a Substack with a TED talk where um, there was this lady who, did this vocal thing with all these different voices and they changed her voice to sound really, really cool. But once again, what that eliminates the humanity of it. So that's what I think really the heart of the transhumanist um, movement kind of is, is eliminating humanity from all of us.
0: Yeah. And Joe Biden, I mean, for what it's worth, I know he's not really the guy in charge, but he's the one signing the executive orders. He just signed one it's basically. I mean, it's pretty long, but there's. I I got an article with um, highlighted text within the executive order that's straight up transhumanism. It's saying we need to fund more research, basically to to where we can program human cells as in the same way that we're we're programming computer uh, chips or whatever. And I mean, that's from the federal government now, basically saying this is what we need to fund and this is why we need to do it in what groups are involved in all of this and so i i told my wife at the time i sent her a a screenshot of it and she writes back is this transhumanism and i said yeah it's just i really and i mean this i hate when things that i talk about on my podcast and and people in my circles talk about in a negative way i hate when you see it come true and so it's just i could not i mean i could believe it because i talk about it but It was just wild to see it in an executive order that this, and and, and by the time it's an executive order, you know there's tons and tons of millions of dollars in research going in behind the scenes. This is probably already done. And this is just the cherry on top is the executive order. But yeah, it's it's wild. And, you know, there's going to be this will be sold as something that's helpful to someone or to people, to the earth, to something. This is none of this is ever sold as we're trying to take away human souls and this is um, straight from the devil. You know, it's not going to be sold in that, in that way. It's going to be sold as somehow this will give you a greater experience. You can be really anything you want. Don't even leave your house, something like that. Uh, It'll be pitched towards our instinct for comfort and safety and maybe better for the earth. And so the left will fall for it. Things like that.
1: Yeah, no, I really think that's how it will be sold because I mean, if you look at the whole, um, trans movement, which I do think is kind of like a tertiary cause to the transhuman movement. Um it's all about acceptance and oh you're a bigot if you don't like trans people. And you see how often they push like shame for men who don't want to sleep with uh yeah you know m- men who transition to be women which right. I mean to me I, I like a natural <laughs> right? I mean my, yeah. my fiance is a woman and she's always been a woman. Mm-hmm. Um you know if that makes me a bigot that I don't want to date a trans person that's
0: subtle brag thing. there, Kyle. yeah you know i can also
1: say i'm a biologist too
0: there you go you must be one (laughs) yeah um a lot of that too is there's big pharma money being pumped in through that uh that kind of movement and it's also it seems to fit right in with depopulation as well right you know you you mutilate kids genitals when they're teenagers they're obviously not going to reproduce the more that happens the more they're hooked on big pharma and the less people are made
1: right right so another thing that I've kind of been second guessing myself on, and I shouldn't necessarily say it myself, but, um, libertarianism as a, as a whole is, um, I almost feel like it somehow puts people into a sense of complacency because, yeah. um, you look at this whole situation and you, it's almost like a paralysis by analysis, because you're looking at both these options and you just think both of them are so bad that you're just not going to do anything at all. Yeah. And, um, this is kind of why i've respected people who came out and said hey i like this paleo route um you know post-libertarian now this is what i want to do um i it's flawed but it's still something um Mm -hmm. i respect people who are putting forth solutions that are actually like reasonable and not to say that there's no one in like the libertarian party per se that has like solutions um I just admire people have solutions a lot more than people who just have theory, right? Right, and, and there's
0: good people within the LP and a lot of them in the LPMC that are that are trying to push solutions like Angela and, and the stuff they're trying to do at a local level. I, I obviously support and agree with, but there is an element of libertarianism that gives you like a security blanket because you know – you'll never have to do anything. Basically, it's easy to sit and say, and like go go to work every day and do your thing and just spout off your philosophy when you know it's not ever going to be tested in some way. In other words, like I mentioned earlier, it's easy to go, well, I'm either an ANCAP and if that doesn't work, I'll go live in the woods by myself. And it's like, you're not really gonna do that. So that's easy just to sit and say. And it's also like, if there's a, a debate about the school board and a local election, just to go, And all schools. It's like, well, that's not going to happen anytime soon. So you've added nothing productive to the discussion. Yes, could that be an end goal at some point? Okay, privatize the school system at a local level or something. Even that's going to be difficult. So many school systems are run by at least their state, not the state uh, per se, but their state. And so a lot of these things require, again, nuance and an actual plan that doesn't necessarily look libertarian every step of the way. But the end game could be something toward more liberty, and so uh, yeah, it gives you it gives a lot of people. And I'm not again, I'm not talking about Angela and some of these people that are making uh, some some plans and some goals to really do things. I I appreciate that and respect that. But there is again, I, I saw it so many for so many years. There's this. I probably did it. It's just easy to like. You get into a discussion with a normal person about um, the ins and outs of foreign policy, and just to go bring them all home. It's like, okay, sure, but are you just gonna say that and run? Because you have you you added one opinion and there's no nuance to anything and a normal person's gonna hear that and go, Well, you, you can't do that. So yeah, there's that security blanket, I think
1: yeah and i really do think that is there for a lot of people and i think we're really all guilty of it when we find libertarianism because it's Mm -hmm. perfect on paper but then you kind Mm -hmm. of have to think okay well we have to work out from here um but most people are just going to sit there and say okay well this isn't a perfect liberty solution so to hell with the whole thing and i'm just not even going to try and and you could always just say well it's not libertarian enough or they're not a real libertarian or um you know this this just isn't my principle so you know t- just to hell with this whole thing or you know what if uh, they I just would have all voted for joe jorgensen that we wouldn't be
0: here right now. yeah right yeah. and it's like okay sure we we can i guess agree on that but that's not getting anyone anywhere outside of just a kind of a you know blowjob competition but uh yeah that's i, I won't go anywhere worse than that but um <laughs> Yes, well put. I I will say there's a Tom Hanks movie where it's about a drummer, and I can't even think of what it's called off the top of my head, where he's got a 60s band that he's representing. And there's a funny moment in there when they get into this big argument, and one of the guys goes off – did I lose
1: you? Did you?
0: No, no, sorry. And One of the the guys goes off by himself, and his bandmates say, there he goes uh, to write his one-hit song, All Alone in My Principles. And my (laughs) wife always says, that's such a libertarian thing. Basically, you know, we point that meme out constantly.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I could see why. I've never seen that movie, but uh um, if you remember what it is, make sure you send it over my way. I will. Really yeah, I can't think of the name. Yeah. <laughs> um and. and- but that one person who tweeted to me saying that they go drinking and driving and smoking and driving um i, I think the thing that they don't realize is that if we were to ever get the hoppy and covenant community you would be thrown out in a heartbeat Correct. And shit like that if you were threatening the lives of people around you you yep. would be physically removed in a heartbeat and this kind of goes to a larger point that i think some people use libertarianism as a means to justify their degeneracy and not oh, taking yeah. responsibility
0: yeah shit there's a lot of that that's why <laughs> a large portion of the LP was against the LPMC because the LPMC, guys like Dave and, and Mike, it, there was there was a and flavor to them. And certainly the Mises Institute with the name Mises connected to the Mises Caucus, all of these things, Jeff Diced. And those are terms and people, Hoppa, Diced, Rockwell, uh, Late Rothbard. Those are names that... A lot of the normal people in the LP cringe at because they're basically leftists who are degenerates. And okay. that's that's libertarianism gives them that that kind of comfort blanket to say, we should all be free to do this. And I'm not, I'm not a Democrat because they're warmongers, just like the Republicans, but they're still basically a degenerate hippie of sorts. And so within libertarianism, yeah, there is a framework to be had where you can basically say. As long as I'm technically not violating someone's right, and now, of course, that becomes a big gray area as we both know, but I can do whatever I want, meaning shoot up in my driveway and litter my yard and things like that. Now, I understand there's libertarian arguments against these things, but a lot of these people, that's kind of why they are libertarians, and I've seen it over and over and over again. Just if you go to a libertarian function, look at what the people look like, and and (laughs) you'll, and you'll understand.
1: Yeah, you know, I've started to uh, think, and I—I I should probably start tweeting it out more often. But uh, the people who advocate for sex work the most are the ones who benefit from it the most. I mean, that's yeah, the exactly. To to
0: truth. That's a well put. I mean, it's like <laughs> going to a nudist a nudist camp or something. It's like, gee, the people I don't want to see naked are here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Holy shit! And all, all the guys think, you know, I'm sure they would all be stoked to be gy- or gynecologists too, but they don't <laughs> realize that you got to take them fat ones Yeah. Too. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, But yeah, I think the uh, larger part of libertarianism should start – people should start messaging the responsibility part of that because freedom does inherently come with responsibility. They're two sides of the same coin essentially.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly – when I first got into libertarianism was because I read a book by Harry Brown called The Great Libertarian Offer, and it's when he was running for LP president – well, American president under the LP ticket in 2000. And that was, he was big on saying that he said exactly what you just said. It's two sides of the same coin. And you have to, if you're preaching uh, liberty, you have to preach responsibility because otherwise you can't have one without the other. Otherwise it's just a mess. It's, it's like that chopped or or whatever went on in Seattle uh, over last summer, the summer of Chaz. Yeah. Chaz. Yeah. Whatever (laughs) that was. If that, that's, that's libertarianism without responsibility.
1: Yeah, actually, you know what? Um, I, I, I completely agree with that, and I think that's kind of the vision that a lot of people would have who are these left leaning libertarians. Um, one thing that I admire about you as well is that um, you often do talk about being right wing, and I feel like some people tend to get a little bit too self congratulatory about it. Where to me, um, I, I pretty much am a right wing person, right? I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I've been with the same woman for you know four years now. We're getting married here in less than two months. Um, I live my life, thank you, very socially conservatively, but I don't go around calling everybody a leftist that disagrees with me <laughs> and saying right. I'm right wing. To me, it kind of seems like something that should be um, you display. You don't. I agree. Ex, you don't. I can't remember the exact um, phrase for it, but it should be something that you just show in your own values, not that you constantly have to show to the world. Like you don't pop your chest out and constantly say you're right wing. You just display through actions that you are that. Yeah, I, and
0: I'd rather do that as a Christian is basically because that's the same thing. I wouldn't go around telling everyone like, hey, I'm orthodox, bro. What you're doing, you're going to go to hell. And that's that's a lesson that I've been taught within the orthodox church. I even asked my priests. We have in, in orthodoxy, the, the Russian cross that we use at the bottom has – um it's 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 three-bar cross. And at the bottom, it has a cross, uh, 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 a line, excuse me. And it's representing the two people on the other side of Jesus when he was being crucified. And I asked my priest, what's the one pointing down? And he he goes, well, that's for the guy that uh, wasn't going to be with Jesus in eternity. And I said, well, where do you go? And he goes, don't know, because it's not our place to say those type of things. So to to bring it back to what you're saying, there's a very ham-fisted way of saying like, hey, I'm right wing. And if you, you know, and like everything you say is preaching that and and if anyone who disagrees with me as a leftist, call me scum, and they should be putting a wood chipper in all of this. At some point, that sounds as comic bookish as as the guy yelling that all cops are bastards. And so I – like you said, that's a good point. I'd rather just be who I am, and the people that won't like you are going to say the same thing about you whether you claim right wing or not. They're going to say that I'm – you know, we, we know what they're going to say. And but the people that aren't sure might at least say, "Well, this person is living their values, and so maybe they've got a point." You know, and without having to say like, <laughs> you know, uh, waving the right wing flag. I, I, that's not a label that I even care about anymore. If someone senses that that's what I am, that's fine with me, of course, uh, because instinctually that's probably correct. But it's not something I I, I care to lead with.
1: Yeah, and um, I've found that when you have these conversations, that there's such a language barrier when you say left wing or right wing. Because right. Um, if you look, like let's say in terms of how Donald Trump governed, um, mm-hmm. depending on your definition, you could say he's a left winger, right. right? Depending on your definition, and a, a lot, lot of people
0: would. So I'm sorry. Yeah, a lot of people would say he's like a '90s Democrat, and, mm-hmm. and to an extent, he he is. He was. Um, and there's people within the Libertarian Party. Again, um, that if you said that you're right-wing, they're going to think that you mean like George Bush and that you want to start <laughs> another war. And so there's – you know, Jeff Dice calls it meaningless words, and so there's a point where Jeff thinks that libertarianism is that. There's a point where if you overuse it and people don't know what you're talking about, right-wing is going to become the same thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree, and I, I think it's kind of gone that way, and just reading how people talk about it on Twitter, I'm like – like it's people, when they always say, oh, well, this is a leftist tactic. You're a leftist. It, it's just, it's cringy to me. And the one example I always use, and this isn't just, you know, to, to say anything bad about him and specifically, but like Dave DeCamp said, he considered himself a leftist. So if you were to say like all leftists are bad people, which I've seen people say, mm. someone like him who considered himself a leftist. Or who considered himself a leftist would see that and say oh well fuck you then (laughs) right you know i i want nothing to do with you if you think all leftists are bad people so when you kind of get into this dialectic of just you know having to stick to these rigid definitions i feel like it just can really be a an unnecessary cost to the overall conversation
0: i agree and and uh, there's some wise people that have told me don't don't label yourself so explicitly because it puts you into a it pigeonholes you a little bit, so even you're you're basically allowing everyone who's ignorant, even of what the label you've given yourself, uh, to interpret it in their own stupid way. Mm-hmm. And so, if if there's a normal person that thinks, well, right wingers are Nazis, and you say, well, I'm right wing, well, then there you go. You've been written off immediately with with no with no recourse, basically. So, the fewer explicit hard labels that you give yourself, in my personal opinion the better. And and if you're going to give yourself one, make sure it's uh, something that kind of represents your total worldview and that you're comfortable for a long time with it is Mm -hmm. kind of how I feel about that.
1: Yeah. And I've noticed this when I uh, branded myself more of a a socially conservative libertarian. Um, Some people think that I... I can't remember what people probably, but they were like basically comparing me to akin to like Ben Shapiro. And it's like, okay, oh my well, God. <laughs> well well, we may agree on like family stuff, but yeah, you know, I'm yeah. not anywhere near as religious as he is. Our foreign policy is completely different. And right. I'm sure there's some social issues where we disagree on too, and that's perfectly okay. But like like you said, I, I think it is something to consider that you know you shouldn't always have these explicit labels because sometimes you may artificially create barriers um so there was something that you were uh, touching on earlier and i'm kind of glad that you shifted to it too is the orthodox christianity um mm-hmm. i've never been a religious person um, i consider myself an agnostic atheist for a very very long time and um over the last couple of years especially since i got into a relationship um with somebody who is religious and she's not like insanely religious um, she just will say, Hey, I believe in God, but you mm-hmm. know, beyond that, she's not very dogmatic about it. Um, I, I almost consider myself an agnostic theist at this point, but I don't know exactly where to plant myself where um, I guess, what kind of inspired you to Orthodox Christianity? Cause I've noticed that you've been talking about it more and I, I don't mean that to say like any kind of bad way, but it mm-hmm. seems like your interest has grown in that and my interest in that through people like you who are good people that have interest in it um peak my interest.
0: Um that's a good question. I would say a couple of people that I'm friends with started mentioning it more and more. Um one being Vin Armani who goes by Cyprion and then one is my friend Matt Erickson from the King Pilled Show. Maybe in 2020, let's see. Yeah, probably th- through that. They would drop it every now and then. It wasn't that they would focus on it and then I became closer with Matt and started learning his story about it. And so those were two guys that interested me, the way they spoke about things, the way they saw different things. And I started, I, I was what, what? like you were saying, I was, I guess I would have said agnostic. You know, there was a time when I would have said atheist, but as you kind of get older, that sounds silly at some point, atheist, where you're, I'm positive there's nothing right. because you can't be. And so at least agnostic was was something that I felt more comfortable with. And then I over 2020, when you start seeing things that seem like pure evil rather than just a dumb government policy, some of the things I started seeing, like something's going on here that's different. There's a spirit amongst us that's that's darker than I have seen before. And as these guys started dropping Orthodox Christianity um, tidbits here and there, I finally asked uh, Vin what's going uh, off air, I think. What's going on with this? What can I read? I'm curious. I don't even know what it is. And he directed me to a book. And then uh, a, a guy who's now a close friend of mine, weird coincidence, reached out on Twitter and said, I heard you say somewhere that you were living in Lockhart now. Uh, there's an Orthodox church that I attend in Lockhart and I would love for you to go. And I was like, what? There's an Orthodox church here? I mean, that because for those who understand that, That's not very common that you would have a town of 13,000 people and have a Russian Orthodox church there, Mm -hmm. especially in Texas. And so I thought, what a weird coincidence. That's five minutes from my house. So I started attending through that, and I met all these guys there. And keep in mind, when I say it was a guy that followed me on Twitter, that tells you where politically, where he's leaning. Um, (laughs) And so that made it more welcoming towards, towards people like me. I I was almost entered naively. And once I started having a political, excuse me, a political discussion with some of them after a service, it kind of hit me like, whoa, shit, these guys are based. Okay. Because (laughs) again, I was kind of shy. Like someone immediately is like, oh, what's your podcast about? And I didn't want to just jump into it. And as soon as I started talking about it and they started talking about their politics, it was like, shit, this is – okay, now I feel more at home here. And so since then, uh, I've become a catechumen. So that's basically like a prospect in a biker gang, if you will. <laughs> so you're not full-fledged yet. I haven't been baptized as such, but I will be. That's the goal, the end goal of this catechumen process. So you basically become a student of the Orthodox Christian uh, philosophy and worldview and, and learn and read and listen and keep going to the services and all of that. And so I'm just, I'm eyeballs deep in all of this stuff right now. And there's always, when you study geopolitics and conspiracy stuff, there's like I mentioned earlier, there's an element or a large element really of, of the spiritual battle that's going on. And Orthodoxy not only discusses that for, and it has for, that thousands of years basically, it gives you um, answers and ways to fight the spiritual battle that um, that that I'm talking about on my podcast essentially. And so it feels like a, a final home for me. so it's been great. It's been uh, it's deep. There's a lot of layers to it. you know, i, I there is parts of my life where I grew up in a mega church like a Protestant mega church. There's not a lot of layers to that you know it's a it's a bad rock band and a guy my preacher at the time was hit slapping the bible bible beater and um it was interesting as a kid but looking back it's very shallow and that's not a knock on them people some people like that style It just for me it felt very shallow and uh the views on zionism and israel i feel and protestantism aren't in line with the way i think that they should be and they tend to be that way in orthodoxy the way i see it and so that's helped. And again i'm not trying to find a religion that oh well you fit the way i see things because there if there are elements of orthodoxy where i tend to not fit in immediately i'm willing to correct my own wrongs and and be open to the fact that orthodox christianity is the right way to view things uh rather than my personal opinion
1: oh wow yeah Well, that's uh, quite a bit there. And it seems like it's something that's really kind of piqued your interest. And like I said, just, there's so many good people that I know that seem to be converting to Orthodox Christianity. Mm -hmm. And, um, as I'm getting older, um, and, you know, engaging more and more in my relationship and getting married, um, and seeing what's going on around the world. Right. it, It almost feels natural to me to be attracted to something like this. Um, so, um, no, I, I just had something on my. Mind. and I'll add something real quick while you're <laughs> thinking go.
0: about that. There's a pureness to it that I think people um from the the path that I've come and and probably yourself, for instance, when we got into libertarianism, it, Joe Jorgensen or Gary Johnson, that's not really enough. That's a very surface level view of right. libertarianism, but you would like Murray Rothbard or Hans-Hermann Hoppe, or Lou Rockwell, and these guys that are multiple layers deep, because that's the original, actual, real version of libertarianism. Orthodoxy offers that same uh, that same thing with Christianity, because you can try Protestantism and very, the, the various sects of that along the way. But if you really want to find the pure version of it, this is literally the church from the book of Acts in the Bible. Mm-hmm. so it's it's basically they say preaching the truth or something like that since thirty three a d that's you know that's the pure version of it. that's that's the kind of um non surface level version of christianity that, that that interests me rather than the mega church rock band that's basically like the mitt romney of of churches, if you will, no no pun with the Mormon thing, but that's kind of what I was thinking as well,
1: okay. so um what i um was remembering there was it, it's nice that people are kind of getting back into religion because I feel like this is what kind of is absent from a lot of communities. And it does give yeah. you a little bit of a sense of responsibility because you know that one day you will have to face you know, your creator if you believe in that kind of thing. And it gives you the calling to be a better person. And um, to kind of tie it back to the generacy that we see in a lot of libertarians, I feel like some of that could honestly be from a lack of religion or a lack of some oh, kind no of creative purpose for themselves.
0: Yeah. The no gods, no masters uh, libertarians. <laughs> that's exact. That's the same people that chant ACAB. That's kind of the people we've been harping on it throughout this conversation. But yeah, I mean, it's full of that. And to each their own. I, I, I saw a person that I know peripherally will say, basically say uh, he believed there's no God, this kind of thing. And, Often, when you see someone that vocal about something like that, and it's interesting over the past month, I saw more of that on social media than I had in the past. It was interesting to me. Um, there's and this is not a knock on on people, but i I notice there's other issues going on there where you if you just scroll through their feed, there's like dark moments where they have to post it, but that basically cries for help here and there, and stuff that I feel like you know the orthodox church is a soul for the excuse me a hospital for the soul is what they call it man i i wish western christianity didn't um, turn so many people off and i understand why it does because they people in the west look at that as well that's christianity and if you could dig deeper and, and look into the eastern version of it i think for a lot of people that are turned off by the western version of it which i was you would find a place that uh could help heal some of the scars that are going on with a lot of those people and again i'm not casting mass judgment but I, it's just something that i've noticed along the way and i feel for the people i want to say and in fact i reached out to one of these people and said not trying to push anything on you um the orthodox church might help you out here's a book by father seraphim rose i know and it sounds like a libertarian like read anatomy in the state and it kind of <laughs> is that way to an extent yeah. but you know i got to try at least sometimes
1: Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I do think a lot of people kind of do need something, some kind of outlet. And this has been something that I've enjoyed talking a lot about on the show as well is – loads, right so not only yeah. does this apply to training but also podcasts and actually i think it was one of your podcasts i was listening to where you said i think your wife had just listened to music on the way to work rather than podcasts. Um, yeah. i can't remember what specific show it was but um to me that kind of represents a deload so for me when i listen to too many political podcasts or i have too many political guests on or something like that then i go back to like nutrition and just listen to that kind of stuff. Cause it's a lot kind of easier on the brain for me at yeah. least. And then same deal with uh, resistance training. Sometimes you have to say, okay, well I'm going to reduce my intensity because I'm going to get injured. Um, I actually did get a little bit of a back injury. I did I my record <laughs> yeah, yeah. Four, 415 pounds for 12 reps <laughs> and then, on deadlift. Yeah. Godly. That's good. That beats my record for that. <laughs> <Thank> yeah, <you. laughs> th-
0: that, that makes my back hurt. Just hearing it.
1: Yeah. So uh, I remember I did it. I slammed it down. I'm like, fuck yeah. And then next thing you know, I'm like, getting out of the car i'm like oh fuck yeah so um anyways uh i want to ask you what do you kind of do to deload not only like physically but also mentally
0: well that's funny you say because as you were explaining that that is the orthodox stuff is something that i deload with i i suppose i have a a radio app that has a channel that's just orthodox christian it's not music although there's like chant you just For those listening, there is no instruments within orthodoxy. So if there is music, it's it's only vocal. But it has um Orthodox priests throughout the world talking. They're all most of them are pretty based and well known in in the Orthodox circles. And so I kind of listen to that honestly, um, because it's not political, it doesn't make me angry, it's nice, it makes me happy. Um, so that's one thing. Now here's where I get dorky to all the people listening to say sports ball. um i listen to uh a raiders specific uh podcast put on by sports writers that i trust and listen to and and again that gets me out of i'm not thinking about politics i'm not thinking about well i was going to say i'm not thinking about things that piss me off but now <laughs> lately the raiders are pissing me off so i haven't listened to that show this week because it would not deload it would enrage me um but generally that that kind of thing that that makes me i i feel it's okay to turn your brain off sometime and just chill and so um, that deloads. And every night I sit and have uh, some wine or a margarita and watch Tucker. And it's funny because my dad does the same thing, but Tucker riles him up and he calls me cursing. And can you believe the trans people want this and that? Tucker, for some reason, like makes me relax That I enjoy just chilling. I don't have to agree with him on everything, but it kind of gives me the perspective that some people like my parents are hearing at the moment. So I like watching him and uh, for physically deloading, Honestly, sometimes I, my gym's fancy. Uh, I confess I'm spoiled uh, going there. But there's moments where I get off work at the fire department and I'm wore out. And I think, damn, you know what? I'm not going to do a workout today. It's okay. I'm 45 years old. I don't have to hit every single lift every day. I'll just go to the sauna. And I sit there and sweat my ass off and I'll do, you know, intervals and stuff, 10 minutes out to 20 minutes in and just sit there and listen to a podcast or something like that and just relax. So that's how I deal with that way.
1: Yeah, Um, I wish my gym had a sauna. Um, I don't think any of the gyms I've ever been to. No, 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 that's a lie. One, when I lived in Ohio, had a a sauna and I never really tried it. I'm kind of mad about that. The gym that I go to is uh, a local one that's owned by, um, actually one of the ladies is a bodybuilder and it was the first time I ever saw like a bodybuilder in person, it's it's impressive. Like (laughs) if you haven't seen a bodybuilder in person, it's like, holy shit.
0: Yeah, there's like ripples in areas you didn't know had ripples.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, I've gotten down to pretty damn lean, but like not like, wow, like that lean. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really, really cool. All right, guys, um, I'm absolutely thrilled with the uh, show's new sponsor. Um, I am now sponsored and uh, have an affiliate through LMNT Electrolytes. Um, I have used these electrolytes for years. Um, Back when I used to do a lot of fasting, in fact, I used to drink... Sometimes I want to say up to seven a day, seven little packets. So, um, the packets are full of all the electrolytes you need to perform and hydrate yourself properly. Um, you need sodium for pretty much every single function in your body, despite what, um, a lot of people may tell you, um, sodium doesn't actually cause a lot of the issues that, uh, people kind of would have you believe. So, um, just real quick to give you a little bit of facts. Um, you don't need sugar to hydrate electrolytes and water don't require glucose to pass through the gut. The average American consumes over 60 pounds of sugar a year. And, um, when it comes to athletic performance, um, you can actually lose up to seven grams per day. In hot climate, so uh, make sure you click on the affiliate link below to get all your hydration needs. And like I said, I'm super stoked to have these guys um, teamed up with the podcast. And uh, just make sure you get your uh, electrolytes through Element. All right, guys, thanks. Um, what was I going to say? At the end, there's it, it, all sorts of stuff going on. You started right picturing now. that bodybuilding
0: chick. You better <laughs> not let your girl hear this.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, she she doesn't listen to my podcast at all. Oh, um, you mentioned your dad calling you and it, it seems like you have a good relationship with your parents and this uh, is a, a complete total odd twist that we're going down here but uh, I find that one of the things I look forward to the most is spending time with my family now because my parents split up when I was young and uh, just going out for breakfast with my dad or something like that is like the world like it's so cool for you know me my older brother and sometimes younger siblings fiance we all go out to Cracker Barrel or something like that and just Mm -hmm. you know enjoy our time together that's um something that I feel like a lot of people kind of miss now
0: yeah and it's funny you said you're split up mine did Mm too for 12 years and now they're remarried okay and so it's been amazing um I'm actually hanging out with them this coming weekend and I think this will be interesting I think I can get them. I think they're going to the Orthodox Church with me Sunday morning. Neither one of them have ever been to anything like that. They're extremely devout, devout, strong, uh, evangelical Christians. So I am I have to prep them prior to going. This is going to be weird for you. There's incense. There's things that you've never seen before. But I'm, I actually cannot wait. I hope they do that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm very close with my parents. My dad, they're very proud of, of the stuff, uh, you know, my career for sure. Um, but they're very proud that I found uh, the church, even though it's a little different from the one they are attending. Uh, they like this, sh- my show, um, every now and again, they'll write me and say, Oh my God, I watched this. And my mom will say, some of the things you talk about, I don't really understand, <laughs> you know? Um, but I think that's common with people in our circles when their parents hear their stuff, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm close with them. And I, I feel for people that aren't close with their parents, and that's not a judgment on them because sometimes it's the parents' fault. Um, one of my old bosses basically divorced his mom, mm-hmm. and I thought – I can't even imagine that like with my own experience, but first I was like, how weird would that be? And he kind of explained, well, she's a drug addict and a loser, and I'm close with my dad. You don't have to be close with your family if they're bad people. I thought, yeah, fair enough. Uh, that would be devastating for me, but yeah, it's it's interesting.
1: So, kind of tailing on to the uh, conversation about like spending time with our parents, when I go out with uh, my fiance, I know one of my favorite things in the world is uh, we'll go to PF Chang's every here and there, and people are going to rake me over the coals for this, but I so don't care. One of my favorite cocktails in the world is a Japanese old fashioned. So oh, it's, nice. Yes, yeah, Centauri rice whiskey, and uh, you know the big ice cube with an orange yeah. peel and some bitters. It literally is just like water. I absolutely love it. Um, what would be a couple of your favorite cocktails? I'm interested.
0: Well, an old fashioned is my. I drink at least one every night that I'm not at the fire station. Uh, I'll have one tonight. I have the I have the ice cube tray with the giant that makes the giant cubes. <laughs> so that's that's my favorite cocktail. Easily is uh is an old fashioned. I never had it with Japanese whiskey though. I'd be down to try that. And margaritas, like fresh, freshly done margaritas, not Uh the kind with syrup and all that shit in it. I mean like real ones with real lime juice. Um, I also make those here. And uh, people are going to think I'm some kind of fancy motherfucker or something. You know, I I like beer too. (laughs) But um, those are two margaritas and old fashions are my two favorite easily. And after dinner, uh, there's there's an after dinner drink I get neat called uh, Frangelico that's like butterscotch almost. Mm -hmm. Very, very good as well.
1: Yeah, well, I would definitely recommend if you're um, – of if there's any P.F. Changs around you, it's like a uh, Chinese restaurant. In the, in
0: well, minutes. of course I know P.F. Changs. Okay, I, yeah. I didn't
1: know if they have it everywhere. I've never been <laughs> to <of> Texas. so <laughs> Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah we got go. restaurants down here. <laughs> yeah, there's more than just Mexicans and then Red. <laughs> right, yeah. Not much more, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, Um. I think we're going there actually Friday night, so uh, I'm definitely probably going to get a few of those. But yeah, they just freaking go down like water. Um, I know you're on a little bit of a tight schedule and, um, you know, I don't want to keep you too, too long, man. So, um, uh, what kind of gives you hope going forward? Hmm. Personally or
0: society wise, or how would you, uh... Either way,
1: both actually let's go with both. <laughs> hmm.
0: Okay. That's a good question for me personally. I suppose the easy answer and obvious answer is the Orthodox Christian faith gives me hope for sure that's for me personally, I think for, and my wife, I would say the faith and my wife gave me hope for me personally for society. I don't have a lot of hope in the short run. I think there's going to be some rough, rough, bumpy times coming. And on the other side of that, I'm optimistic. So I think Murray Rothbard always said this be be pessimistic in the short run and optimistic in the long run and that's what I would say I am. This current regime is so feeble and idiotic and evil that it can't last and we I think it's in its death throes right now. It can't keep it can't keep going like it's going Ron Paul always said, you know at some point you just can't have a regime, an empire around the world. And be, be, you can say you don't want to bring the troops home, but they're coming home at some point because you have to. I think we're almost past the foreign policy aspect of it, although I suspect there could be a skirmish in the next year or two that could be devastating. Uh, I just think the em- we're in that emperor has no clothes moment. Enough people realize this once. once people are starving in the streets, which unfortunately I think could come. You know, there's no woke people in a long food line. And so I think the regime is going to be crumbling in the next 10 years or so. And on the other side of that, something much better will come out of it. So for society, I'm not very optimistic, but the left and the progressives and the spiritual battle, the evil side has pushed people in this direction for too long. There might be a backlash that would be painful. And uh, we shall see. I think again, in the long run, in my lifetime, it'll be happy. In the in the short run, if you're in your 80s or something, you got a few years left. It's going to be a rough few years.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's sad. But I guess the one thing that I like the most about the Biden administration is that they're so transparently horrible. That yeah, people, I like it too. Right, people just can't help but notice and say, like, "Holy shit!" Like you said, the emperor has no clothes. So it's time to you know figure out what else to do. Um, And this kind of honestly makes me more optimistic about having children sometime in the near future is that um, we can bring about the change and then they won't have to see kind of the crumbling empire like we will. And like, like Mm -hmm. you said, if the regime does crumble within the next 10 years, which I totally think is possible, um, then, you know, whatever comes anew, they can be kind of the, the pioneers of that next generation. Mm -hmm. So um, another thing Mm -hmm. I actually want to talk, oh, sorry. The
0: new elite. We can raise right, right. the new the next elite, the good elite, because the elite now are incompetent, evil, and idiotic. You know, yeah. Joe Biden went on in a press conference about his congresswoman or something that's been dead for several months. And the lady that speaks for him, press secretary, is defending why he did it. I mean, yeah. what a freaking joke. If these people if this was this is worse than if Joe Jorgensen and Gary Johnson were up there high
1: together. You know, it, it's worse than how ridiculous they would sound. Right now, I completely agree. And I think what you and I are both touching on here is the rejection of nihilism, which I see yeah. present actually in a lot of libertarians as well. And yeah, I think we need too. to firmly reject that and embrace positivity. You know, go to the gym, work out, spend time with your family, enjoy yeah. life. And as the old cliche goes, go touch grass. That's kind of what I told some of those people today. I said, these people were saying all cops are bastards and they're beyond redemption, beyond the pale. You guys clearly have not gone out and interacted in the real world because if you right. did, you'd realize that these people just, they've been told their entire lives that this is the right thing. You're a great person for doing this. So, you know, why would they ever think that they're, you know, that the laws that they're enforcing are bad when they've been told their entire lives that this is a good thing? It, it's so mind boggling to me that people can't just step outside of that for two seconds and think, oh, holy shit, they were indoctrinated and they're not libertarians.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in a self important bubble then it's going to do them no good you're going to sit by yourself and type on a computer for the next decade arguing with people again like this like that movie alone and your principles like have fun doing that
1: (laughs) yeah that's why uh i started telling people okay lulbert and i think the one person i said uh dm me whenever you get to encapistan or like (laughs) you know send me send me a message whenever you abolish the police department
0: yeah or get laid whichever's first
1: uh, I would be willing to wager that it would probably be the uh, abolishing of the police probably, department. Right, it might be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. Uh, go ahead and plug away, and uh, if you have any closing thoughts, go ahead and lay them out.
0: Uh, well, thanks for having me again. I always have fun chatting with you. Oh. Um, any, Let's see. Plugging away, I'm so not good at selling myself, but uh, counterflowpodcast.com is the website. Anyone out there listening knows how to find podcast i'm on all of the pod catchers as they call it and um let's see twitter at buck rebel b-u-c-k-r-e-b-e-l if you want to support my little run for city council let me think what is the address so the mises mayor's pack is helping support me i'm trying to think of the legal ways to say this i think that's legal (laughs) that you can you can support them you can give me basically a dollar a hundred dollars whatever you want it's at uh let me think mises gop.org slash buck so m-i-s-e-s-g-o-p.org slash buck b-u-c-k and uh, that's where they're helping uh support me for city councilmen at large here in lockhart texas
1: nice well uh, and um as i think i've heard you say you wanted to keep politics and all the craziness out of lockhart so yeah uh, exactly. all my all my listeners and I hope all your listeners as well support you in doing that because, um, you know, even though you may not be a libertarian (laughs) or running as a libertarian, I, nobody should care about that because I think hopefully, I know you've definitely convinced me that you're a great person and that uh, you have, you put a lot of work forth to be who you are today and and into obviously your uh, career as well. So, um, you know, I fully endorse you and I, I'm sure many, many others in the liberty sphere do as well.
0: I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, I basically have a lot of the same thoughts and ideas as Hans Hermann Hoppe and and great people like that. Uh, you know, we've got politics, we've got government. If we can make it uh, local and small and be able to control it from this from this little angle and have our own little thing going, you know, it is what it is. We're not statists. I wish it wasn't there, but it is there. So if I can help drive the small machine in the right direction, that's what I'd like to do.
1: Nice, nice. All right. Well, Buck, um, like you said, I always enjoy talking to you as well, and um, the conversation is really enjoyable. And I think people are going to um, enjoy our uh, ravings about libertarians. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so uh, you know, anytime you want to do it again, dude, I'm always down. And uh, you know, hopefully, everyone enjoyed. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share, guys. Thanks for checking it out.